This is 89.1 WEMU, and I'm David Fair. Fear of the dark is as old as human history. As civilization progresses, so does the brightness of the night sky. But is brighter always better? Scientists are telling us there are good and bad ways of lighting the night. Municipalities as close as Brighton and Sio Township are enacting ordinances to limit light pollution. In this installment of WEMU's The Green Room, Barbara Lucas sheds some light on the growing effort to protect the dark. Have you still got the moon in the scope? Yeah. Okay. And then if it's out of focus a little bit, here's your fine, fine adjustment right there. Okay. I'm at the Headlands International Dark Sky Park at the top of Michigan's Mitten, west of the Mackinac Bridge. It's a cool, crisp night, and about a dozen folks are taking turns peering through a telescope near a crackling fire. So you're starting to come up. See it, right? Yeah. Inside, there's a fun interactive program about the mythology of Venus and Mars. Next month, those two bright planets will be as close together as they can get. Like the ancients, park director Mary Stewart Adams finds poetic inspiration in the night sky. With a degree in English literature from the University of Michigan, a storyteller. I don't know how to use a telescope. But she values the heavens no less than the scientists and helped to found the park in 2011. Adam says at that time... We were only the sixth in the United States and only the ninth in the world. And now there are 54 certified international dark sky parks in the world. We've driven four hours to this one for a chance to see the night sky in its full glory. Used to be all you had to do was step outside your door to see the Milky Way. Now studies show 99% of Americans live with light pollution. Adam says this is one environmental problem we can do something about. The best thing to do is to turn on all of your outdoor light and go outside and look back at your house and see where the light is going. And then figure out, do you need it? If you need it, how can you have it focused down? She says if you do need it, make sure there's no escape of light up or out. It should have a downward pointing shield or be recessed. If you can see the bulb, that means light is going where it's not needed, wasted. For examples of good and bad lighting, she refers me to darksky.org, website of the International Dark Sky Association. Hi, Barbara. Nice to meet you. To learn more, I head to the University of Michigan to meet with astronomer Dr. Sally Uwe. It's well after dark, past my bedtime. Sleepy but excited. She supports more lighting in places like crosswalks. It's the quality of the lighting, not the quantity, that's her concern. I'll follow you. Okay. To illustrate, first she takes me to the observatory at the top of U of M's Angel Hall. These spiral staircases are very typical of observatories. <laughs> she opens its huge dome. This is where we have our students uh, do observing sometimes. Although it's almost midnight, it's far from dark outside. You can definitely see how the clouds are lit up from the bottom here. We can see a couple stars, but it's nothing like the celestial glory that we witnessed at the Headlands Dark Sky Park. One of the reasons we have a planetarium is because we can't see the sky that well. And it she says Ann Arbor used to be a great place to see the night sky. Our telescope that was built in 1857 was basically the third largest refracting telescope in the world at that time. So we have a very long tradition of doing astronomy here, and hopefully if we start thinking about it, maybe we can get back to preserving the sky and allowing more people to enjoy it. She says contributing to light pollution is the idea that the brighter the safer, which she says isn't always true. 
To show me what she means, she drives me up and up to the fifth floor of a parking structure overlooking the service lot next to Ann Arbor's downtown transit center. I was looking at the wrong lot when I said it, but you can see that the lot is lit up like it's day. Now, you know, that, that's unnecessary. It doesn't have to be that bright. It's a full moon tonight. She points out that the lights we see from up here are far brighter than the moon. Look at the shadows that are cast by the, the trees, for example, on that. If those lights weren't so bright, those shadows wouldn't be such a contrast. And so that lot wouldn't be any less safe if you reduced how bright those light were by a significant amount. So in other words, somebody couldn't hide in the shade of those trees. That's right. But on the positive side, she says some of the lights are well shielded without escape of light upwards. You can't see the bulbs at all, right? You can just see the fixture. And here we are pretty much level with it. Like most cities, Ann Arbor invests millions of dollars in lighting. Dr. Uwe says, yes, efficient LEDs are great for their ability to give more light for less money. It's true, but are we saving more energy? Because in fact, what's happening, it seems, is that people are lighting up more things for the same amount of money. Dr. Uwe would like all new fixtures to direct light down and illuminate evenly without glare or deep shadows. She refers me to Karen Ulick, who sits on the Tucson, Arizona City Council. Our ordinance was first enacted in 1972. Tucson is one of hundreds of municipalities with rules for outdoor lights that welcome lighting for safety, but limit light being wasted. We're not prohibiting light. We're targeting it. We're preventing light pollution, which is misdirected light. It serves no purpose. And can even be counterproductive. She says the night blindness we get from glaring light can be a safety issue. What ends up happening if it's not planned well and, and diffused appropriately and shielded downward is that you get patches of very bright light and then the pupils can't adjust. It's the moving in and out of glaringly bright light that's the problem. If the street darkens, it can be a, it can really uh, affect pedestrian and bicycle safety and just traffic safety in general. She says their 45-year-old ordinance is generally accepted by businesses and residents as a win-win. But in most cases, because they're really... Uh, typically modest adjustments, and the adjustments typically save, ultimately save anybody who, uh, who's impacted, save money over time. So, Tucson's uh, ordinance requires lights to be in the warmer yellowish or amber range, rather than the glare-producing bluish-white. Ulick says that when you fly over Tucson in an airplane... It's more of a yellow uh, glow than it is just that stark white bright, blinding light that cities often emit. And so to me, uh, it's perfectly in keeping with sort of the, the culture here, which is we're very, I think, appreciative of the environment that we're a part of. And, and so it, I think it's just a testimony to that. Dr. Uwe says a similar ordinance was proposed about 10 years ago in Ann Arbor, but the effort fizzled due to concerns about money and safety. She thinks it's time to reevaluate, at least when it comes to new lights moving forward. She says the right lights in the right places can save energy while preserving both safety and our views of the night sky. An example is the walkway back at Headlands Dark Sky Park. 
It's lit by fixtures on posts low to the ground. Being red filtered and only illuminating the path, they preserve night vision. So not only can you see the stars, but you can see your surroundings. That adds a feeling of security. While the Parks Director, Mary Stewart Adams, acknowledges the challenges of convincing folks to buy dark sky friendly lighting, she's motivated by what awaits. And it's not like forest reforestation that can take a hundred years. As soon as you turn the lights down, the stars come right back. So it's really gratifying to have that experience. In the Green Room, I'm Barbara Lucas, 89.1 WEMU News. The Green Room is a presentation of the WEMU News Department and is heard on the last Friday of each month. To visit the Green Room archive, visit our website at WEMU.org. I'm David Fair and this is 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.